somehow I sent uh, your tape to a, a brand new guy that I've only seen once, and I haven't seen him since. And he <laughs> but I haven't seen him since. But he called me the next day, and he had run into Johnny, and he said, "Hey, that guy that you sent me the video on is speaking here in Sherman Oaks." Yeah. And I'm like, "That's odd." Yeah. I just gave it to you two days ago. Yeah. So uh, it's a pleasure meeting you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, recovery. Enjoy every episode. one of them. Oh, good, good. Well, we'll do a little bit of recovery, then we'll go into a uh, little non-duality. Riff too. I'm rushing right now. The space is always gets me high in this house. Yeah. We actually had an incredible talk here about recovery a couple of years ago, where it felt incredible. You know, you can gauge different uh, feelings of it. You know, it's like if if water moved through a like a, a sentient hose, the hose would get some sense of the water after thousands of times of it moving through the hose, yeah? Yeah, yeah, so it's sort of like that. So sometimes it has different flavors, yeah. We're not gonna start yet, are we? No. We already started. We are? Hello, how are you? How's it going? Good. No one's missed anything. Hey guys, how are you? You may need to make a little more room up here. There's a couple chairs back here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this one there is quite open. Yeah, it's uh, low. You get to open the door there. Perfect. Thank you. That's your job. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Did you hear something? No, I see something. We're going to get more chairs. Here's some of those coming. Izzy, you may have to roll over in the corner. People can see you. No, no, stay there. You may have to give some cushions up there. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? There's uh, guys, if anyone wants coffee, have coffee. We may right. want to keep the, the door open, eh? Is that all right? Fancy. Just well, for the air. Oh, the air conditioning. Uh, yeah. I don't, you probably aren't going to be comfortable that, that you can try. <laughs> I can't see anything else comfortable. Okay. Uh, you want to yeah, sit here? Yeah, come on in here. Yeah, come in here. Fine, but yeah. Thanks. Sorry, honey. Good. Put that up, you belly. Right. Do you want that chair instead? Uh, here. Or do you want to try? This or you is know kind what? Of like in between. Why don't you take that chair and she go. can sit here. Take the chair. Take the chair. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hi. Hi. Is it comfortable though? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Okay. I mean, it's, you that's know, what I was sinking in. Yeah. <laughs> what time is it now? It's uh, 53. Oh, seven minutes. All right. Well, you know, the AA thing, uh, you know, I'm a member of AA, obviously. So I came in in 1988. So I think I was doing a work, I was doing workshops, doing the fourth step workshop since I was three years sober at a place called the Dry Dock in San Francisco, a big AA place. They have meetings every day. Yeah. And uh, first I was just showing people how to do it, you know, almost like a study hall with pens and writing the columns and stuff. But as my mind, because it says it right in the book, right at the uh, vision for you, it talks out you're going to get consist consistently more downloads, so to speak, yeah, if you stay sober. 
it's I think if someone who's familiar with the book I think it's in I just heard it uh, a vision for you where it says you're gonna have consistent consistently more downloads you're gonna learn a lot more with really no thought of effort it's just gonna come through yeah so I was doing these works these uh, workshops and oh man the energy was unbelievable there some of them I used to see like things appear over people's heads and everything because if you want to if you believe anything of shamanism alcoholics are like uh o'hare airport for like fucking entities and demons <laughs> and, and uh, a lot of layovers <laughs> there's a lot of expression of some nasty stuff and uh, just the other night i saw a lady her face went through so many contortions during the talk i was checking her out and you can see something moving like underneath the face, you know. Uh, there was a lot of that going on. So after about seven or eight years, I did it for 16 years pretty much, if I was in America. There wasn't any spirit of rotation in this event. So uh, this one, around eight or nine years into the program, I'm just giving a vague time. Uh, you know, there's on page 64, just before you go into the inventory process, from the chapter how it works which is a very important chapter it says a statement and in the first few steps they always say and it's like the first requirement of each step is being convinced basically yeah which means to believe with certainty so being convinced isn't like i was convinced and i will be but now yeah so the evidence has been presented and it's been framed by the diagnosis of aa and it's registered you realize you're not managerial quality, a number of things, yeah? You recognize the description is what you used to say you were, but it's not of you, the description, yeah? It's of the mental state, really. It's not describing you. It's describing itself as you, the disease, the parasite. So it says this thing, being convinced that self, so it's calling, it's, it's diagnosing the dilemma, yeah, self self yeah manifested in a lot of ways is what has defeated us so it defeats us this idea of self defeats us through its manifestations yes and it says all right if we're convinced of that that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us yeah so there's a separation very clear separation self and us yeah and so, right, we're going to look at some of its, meaning self's common manifestation. So this one night, I must have read that sentence tons of times because I was sharing it with, you know, every week, every month, we do four weeks, you know, first the uh, framing, then the resentment, then the fear, and then the sexual inventory. And then next month, new people would come in. So I saw it, read it thousands of times, but the word self was so different to me this one night. And I saw it as like a foreign pathogen, so to speak, yeah, or like a par mental parasite, something other than me. Now, I don't know what I am, but I can recognize what I'm not, yeah? So I was recognizing it as what I'm not. And then so as soon as I got that, then the possibility downloaded, which was I can be free from it, yeah? The first requirement is I have to see it as other, then the next possibility is I can be free from it. If I don't see it as other, I'm going to try to be free as it, yeah? 
And that's what it explained to me. I was sitting there and I saw a whole string of life in like a flash. And basically all the particulars were on the one statement, which was I've been trying to be free as self. I've been trying to get out of self as self. I've been trying to use self to get out of self. All those things, clear as day. But the first requirement is I had to see it as other. And then the second, I saw, I saw uh, the root of the problem, which is identification as self. Yeah. So I was in the state of being identified as self. So then we have a statement in AA, in, in our communities, it's not in the book, I don't think, but because it's observational, it's people who have been living the program, they ran into a little conundrum, which is self can't get out of self. They came, this observation dawned on a number of them where it became a statement in our community world, which is, hey, it's like a warning, self can't get out of self. Now, the only reason why that warning is important is if that's exactly what we're doing. If we're in the act of trying to get out of self as self, we need to hear the warning that self can't get out of self with the hopes, the futility of that will hit you, yeah? So you'll be reset and you can move in a different way, yeah? You need to get, you need to get paused and then rebooted in a sense, yeah? Without that, the same habit is going to be, all your moves are going to be really categorized as self trying to get out of self, which is an impossibility, yeah? So there's a statement right before page 64 where it says self can, you know, manifest in various ways, which to me is like the unspoken step of AA, which is you got to quit playing God. Yeah, it's such a beautiful statement. If you see recovery, the program of recovery as a linear process, which it is, yeah. So in a linear process, if something was first and then something else was called next, you would think the importance was on first, yeah. In this case, the next is the third step principle, which is the biggest principle of recovery. But he's saying in the book, first, before that, you got to quit playing God. So basically, there must be playing God going on. Or why would it be said, yes? So it says, you've got to quit playing God. And his answer is very succinct. It says it doesn't work. Yeah? It just hasn't worked. It doesn't work. It won't work. Yeah? So you've you got to quit playing God because it doesn't work. Seems simple, yeah? So now what happens? When you hear that from your condition, you think, okay, I'm going to try. I have to stop playing God. Yeah? Because you think the message is directed at you. But they, that, that which is claiming to be you is that which is playing God. So that which is playing God hears, hey, you got to quit playing God. All right, it runs into a little conundrum because if it tries to quit playing God, that's playing God. Yeah? That's a loop. It's a very, it's a loop is right. Yeah? And you can't get out of the loop through the loop. Yeah? So that which is playing God tries to quit playing God. That's playing God, yes? So how do we quit playing God? How? How do we? A number of us have tried that first thing. We've realized it doesn't work. 
So how do you quit playing God? You see, you see, you see you're not that which is playing God. You see it. Not maybe an intellectual understanding can help. But the intellectual understanding hopefully will only be the first step. And then you'll see it. You'll see it. You'll see you're not that which is playing God. Yeah? When you see you're not that which is playing God, the volume on that which is playing God goes down. Yes? It goes down. You can't turn the volume down. That would be you, which would upscale your volume. The volume goes down. So that, because the problem resides in the head. Now, it's not a fucking piece of brain matter. It's a thought system, obviously. Yeah? The disease talks to us as us. That's the only reason why we really listen to it. If we saw it, we, if we heard its statements and was framed as Stanley, and we weren't Stanley, we would have somewhat of an immunity to the thoughts, but we call them ours. And that ours lends the, that, those thoughts a lot of power, and then the power is used to corral us, yeah? So now we're under the sway of that which is playing God because we're identified as that which is playing God. If you see you're not that which is playing God, that's how what you are quits playing God. Yeah? It doesn't mean the head stops playing God. It's going to keep playing God. But you're not identified as it. Yes, this is the key. I'm talking to you from a solution. I've had relief. Like, relief from it. The only way you know the problem is by relief from it. The, when you have relief from it, you'll know what it was like. It's just like that old story about gravity. You really want to know the effects of gravity? Go into an anti-gravity chamber. When the, the effects of gravity are lifted off of you, you'll know what they were. Exactly with this. Yeah? I'm humbly saying that the root of the problem of alcoholism is identification as self. Yeah? It's not you identified as self. It's the mental state in the act of being identified as self. But we listen to the, act, the mental state as us, yes? We take the mental state to be talking about us. So we start from being identified as self. Then we try to get out of that because it's hostile. It's not going well. We're not happy, joyous, and free. And by trying to get out of it, we're more in it than ever. Yes, this is the bondage of self. The bondage of self is an activity. It's pure and simple. If it was bondage to self, there would be a, this would be, let's say, self, and then there's me, and then something bonds me to this. If that was the case, I could find a key that would release me, and I could move away from this chair, and I'd be free from the chair. But in the act of being identified, you walk away from the chair as the chair. You see? You're not free from the chair. You're, the chair is traveling as you. I see it. Watch people. People who, you know... So it says in AA, hey, you got to get to the exact nature of the wrong. There you go. That's the exact nature of wrong, humbly, from a member of AA. Yeah? You got the right to hear it. This is my seat assignment. I put it out there. 
I don't care what you do with it. I have faith in it. You can serve the spiritual subpoena. Let's see what happens, yeah? And if you start traveling lighter in a stabilized manner with not much effort and thought on your part, you're on to something, yeah? This isn't about being right about something. It's about it working. <laughs> I want relief, yeah? And that, what the real relief is, is from that that wants relief. That's where the real relief is. The real, you lose interest in being liberated. That's the freedom from it. You lose interest in the need to be liberated. Yeah, you never, you're here now completely. You never get gypped. You're completely awake to what's happening. You may be fucking totally, ap you know, I'm out, I'm absent-minded like crazy. I'll lose everything, but I don't lose that. It's impossible to lose it. I am it, yeah? I am it. I am it. I am a spiritual condition, yeah? My head would like me to have to maintain a spiritual condition because then it has a huge field of critiquing and judging and gauging how I'm doing, which is all obsession with self. Of self, it is. So if I am a spiritual condition, to me, that's the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition is being one. And I, believe, I humbly believe we're being one, even though we don't think so. Yeah, I don't believe the thinking can change what we are. I just don't. The thinking comes after what we are. And if you want to hear, to me, the idea of conscious contact, where people believe it's contact, conscious contact with God, I think conscious contact is us, of, as God, really. I think we're the one that's in conscious contact, yeah? We're not in conscious contact with God. We are God in conscious contact in a weird way. So, you know, and if you see it, if you just see the basis of every one of us while we're here, when we were outside, when you were in Culver City or wherever, and I was in Novato, basically our whole day is premised and based on seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then thoughts and feelings around everything that was seen, hear, heard, felt, tasted, and touched, yes? It's the basis, that's the conscious contact. Consciousness is in contact through five gates. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Some insects supposedly have seven gates. There could be 800 gates. Yeah, there's not a lack of consciousness. There may be a lack of gates it goes through, but there's not a lack of consciousness, yeah? There can be zillions of people here and there would still be enough consciousness, yeah? Consciousness isn't running out. You don't have to pay a cable company for consciousness, you know? Your scene doesn't shut off on Saturday, does it? You've been seeing way too much. You gotta fucking, you've birthed through your five gigabytes, no. You're seeing, you, you were seeing on your worst day, you were seeing on your best day, yeah? And you look at feeling, people say, oh, I didn't want to feel that. It shows you the exact what's happening. There's a consciousness of the feeling, and then there's a mental take on it, yeah? We believe the mental take was before the feeling, so it feels like I didn't have to feel that. But the mental take was after the feeling. Yeah. We're starting at square four, when we are square zero, and the game looks different from square four and square zero, yeah? But square four can't get back to square zero because it never left square zero, yeah? You can't arrive at where you already are. You do not get out of self. You realize you're not in self.
You don't get into a spiritual condition. You can't be out of a spiritual condition. <laughs> you don't get into the moment. You can never not be in the moment. Yeah? This whole idea of getting into the moment is predicated on an insane idea you could be out of a moment. You've been in every, every freaking moment you've ever been in. So the, it, you may look like you're in the moment, but there was no thought and effort to get into the moment. You realized you can't be out of the moment. <laughs> That's the whole beauty of it, yeah? The whole beauty of it, someone's coming, is you can't get out of the moment. What an incredible... Oh, come on in, my friend. Yeah. So we were just talking to, I was, uh, we were talking at lunch, and there was, there's a specific thing that everyone's naming everything now, yeah? So they're naming like eight different types of humans you can be, yes? And then they want those eight types to have inclusion, but it's that they're professing a separation first. And then there's the drive to be included, which can't happen, yeah? It's like you want the trees to realize amongst themselves that they're the forest. You have to see the forest through the trees, yes? So what occurred with me, I started sharing this at these workshops, and we used to make CDs, yeah? We just put dates on them. And those CDs went everywhere. People couldn't figure out where they were coming from because they just had 31391 or something. Then we got hunted down and then we put out a website, which was a, probably a mistake in a lot of ways. And as soon as we put out the website, people got in touch with me outside of recovery. Yes? And they started asking me to do interviews, and my anonymity was blown. I did fucking innocent, and they were, you know, they had me on video, so the cat was out of the bag. Fuck it, you know. And so, then we started to get invited to other groups that weren't AA based or recovery based. And at first, you know, I wasn't motivated to speak to them because I thought they were all fine, you know. But then I saw an illness there, which was the addiction to spiritual seeking which was incredible. And you know, I used to, you know, we've got a leg up on them because in al you know, alcoholism and addiction, real alcohol uh -huh. addiction, it's, you know, either the, the authorities are gonna intervene, someone's gonna intervene on your behavior, but it's, no one comes to, at, to a spiritual group and says, oh, you've had enough. <laughs> no more DVDs, go and sit out of here, put the book down, I am that. Uh, yeah? It can go on and on and on. They can go to 500 meetings. They can sign up and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars at retreats. And you could basically generally catch the whole behavior in self can't get out of self. And there's been great masters that have come along and they try to point out this activity that's going on. Because most people try to describe what we are, yeah? Like, you're, all you are is consciousness, all you are is love, you're brilliant light, or you're incredibly bright emptiness, all these things. But the dilemma is, and they've discovered it, is what's hearing it isn't you. So when people are trying to describe what we are, what's usually claiming to be the hearer of the message is what we're not. Yes? So a great master said, hey, listen, 
there's this presupposing a non-existent thing, yes, that's being animated, yeah? There's a presupposing a non-existent thing, I'm gonna paraphrase, that takes itself to be existing, yeah? And now it wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. Yeah, there's a little bit of a problem there, you think? And then it says, the next sentence, it says, if this is the case, your spiritual practices themselves will reinforce the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? It's such a beautiful statement. Man, it just stopped my spiritual searching like fucking never started again after that. I mean, it's sort of like having your spiritual pants pulled down. You just, you're fucking nabbed, you know? I mean, guilty, because, so here, we're identified as what we're not, and we want to become saved or free as what we're not. If that's the case, your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the reality of what you're not. How can they destroy that? Yeah? It's a good shoe to put on and see if it fits. That's all it is. All it is is an offering. It's like a pair of shoes these statements, and you put them on. Then there's a great master, Hoang Po, that said very, very clearly, whatever can be perceived, yeah, cannot be perceiving. Now, if you listen to the narration in the head, it's assuming you're the one that's seeing as a body, yeah? It's saying, it, it's assuming you're the one who's feeling, tasting, thinking, doing all this stuff, yes? Does this great master Huang Po says, no, whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. Yeah? Whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving. Yeah? So the whole assumption of the narrative in our heads is based on a lie. It's assuming we're the one who's conscious. Yeah? When they're seeing, it feels like I'm the one who's seeing, doesn't it? And when you think of who's seeing, you're pictured as a body, aren't you? There's the robbery. The consciousness is being claimed by the mental state and then attributed to the body. So now the non-existent thing is seen as being existing and it wants to get salvation, which obviously is a good move, but it wants to get <laughs> salvation for the non-existent thing. While the salvation is from the non-existent thing. And if that's the case, then the salvation is what? Always available at all times with no requirement necessary to produce it because the obscuring agent, the deterrent, doesn't exist. You don't have to vanquish an, an imaginative foe, do you? You see it finally. You'll see it. You'll see the conundrum. You'll just see it so beautifully. You'll see you've been trying to get out of what you're not in. Yeah? You've been trying to get into what you're not out of. You've been trying to get into the moment, which you can never be out of, and you're trying to get out of self, which you've never been in. That's how bizarre it is. Yeah? With that as the premise, with that as the basis, how are things going to work out? It's going to severely diminish the effects of the program. Definitely. It says we can outgrow fear. Maybe after 30 years, I hope you've outgrown some of it. Fucking after 30 years, when is the growth spurt going to show up? 
If it says we can outgrow fear, it obviously implies we grew into fear. What did, how did we grow into the fear? By our total faith in the narration up here. It says perhaps there's a better way, trusting something infinite rather than finite self. So it's talking that we've been in, we've been in deep trust with finite self. How does that trust materialize? It's faith in the thoughts. The thoughts are you as a body, as you as a doer, as you as a thinker, as you as a feeler, as you as a haver, as you as a loser. Yeah? Faith in that, the whole point is perhaps there's a better way. What's the better way? Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. Now, if you stop trying, if you keep trying to not follow the thoughts of the disease, but as the thinker, which is the initial thought of the disease, there's no freaking relief. You'll lose interest in the thoughts when you see them as not yours. Just, I'll, just like I'll lose interest in a conversation in the other room, as soon as I hear it's not about me, I lose interest in it. It's exactly the same way. As soon as you realize this whole yapping going on is truly, it's about a you, but not about you. It's about a you, not about you. That is the step we put into it. The A gets dropped and now it's you. And know what happens? Very quickly the you gets crowned me. And then you walk into recovery and you're in a thick shell of terminal uniqueness. You, you truly believe no one thinks like you do. No one's felt like you have. No one's done the things you've done. It's all fucking baloney. There is a solution, yeah? So non-duality, you know, I just arrived there. I didn't start there. If you, just the process of the downloads brought me to see this idea of me as a solid, separate, independent unit that is the thinker of the thoughts that are appearing, that's the doer of all the actions. When I saw all my years of active addiction, something was doing, it's like it says, you know, you'll suddenly realize that God could do for you what you can't do for yourself. And then you'll finally realize that something did through you that you would never have done for yourself, yeah? When you're taken over by that parasite, you're apt to do almost anything unless something could physically stop you, like the police or shit, yes? <laughs> obviously, it's obviously you had, you're accountable for that behavior. It's like me having my dog and my dog shits on the neighbor's lawn. Now I'm accountable, but I'm not fucking responsible. I didn't take the shit, yeah? <laughs> I accountable, I'll clean it up, but I'm not gonna be worrying about it for years. <laughs> well, you know, why did I shit on the lawn? I didn't, yeah? Something took you over and does exactly what it does to everyone else it takes over. And in our sister program, not Narcotics Anonymous, they say basically thousands of us get taken over and we usually end up at three parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. Thousands of seemingly different vehicles taken over by the one driver. The one driver goes to three basic places, institution, jails, and death. All the while, not one of us recognizing that we've been taken over. 
It's an incredible move. The parasite has convinced the host that it's the host. How are you going to be free from it if you take yourself to be it? You're not going to make it a pet. You're not. It's not going to be like a service animal. It's a para- it has a parasitical nature. It likes to live through you. Yeah? It wants to take you to that point of fuck it so that it can give you suggestions about what to do. Yeah? And then the suggestions will jackpot us and we'll do something in like a five minute spurt and we'll get a 20 year sentence. I know a guy in San Quentin, my sponsor used to see him, killed someone in a blackout, can never go to the night that has set the course of the rest of his life. Never, can't even remember what happened, yet it's gonna affect him for the next 40 years. Mind boggling. You watch it, you know, I remember I'd go to meetings for months and I came, you know, I listen to people share, you know, their thoughts, right? Their feelings, their actions, what they did. And I could only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts or they're not my thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, if you have them, you have my thoughts, they're not mine. <laughs> How can I have proprietary ownership if everyone has it? It seems like it's publicly sourced, yes? <laughs> so, so basically, their self manifesting in various ways through all of us that defeats us, yeah? So it says, we'll look at the common manifestations of what? Selves. And it says, the first one is resentment. Yeah? So it says, all right, resentment is the manifestation of self in one's life. Fear, manifestation of self in one's life. Harm doing, done to others in the pursuit of what you want, manifestation of self in one's life. Then why are we calling them my resentments, my fears, and my fucking harms done to others? Why? We must be identified as the disease. If Stanley was manifesting through me, and every time I noticed Stanley's manifestations, I called them mine, I would be in the act of being identified as Stanley. That's what I'm saying. I say we're in the bondage of self, which is the act of being identified as self. That's the bondage of it. It replaces us with itself, and we start life from there. Yeah? And then it manifests in our life, and every time we meet it, doing its shit, we call it me. That's carte blanche. It walks into every one of our most secretive things it knows. It's our fucking, oh, I'm never going to be loved. It knows that. It knows all the fucking old golden oldies. He can play them at any time. Yeah? It's got, it has all your fucking musics on your computer. has all your fucking dialogues. It'll just pull them up like this. It's got carte blanche, and when you catch the thief, you call it you. Yeah. I've seen it. What did it offer? What has it done to me? It has allowed me as Paul, in his appearance as Paul, to travel lighter as Paul, which was impossible when I thought I was Paul. It was impossible. When I was managing life out there, it always led me to having to be managed by other people very quickly. As soon as I started to drink, I realized I had magnetic appeal to people in uniform. 
I had a lot of consequences. I got run over twice by one in one night by the same fucking car. That's hard to do, even if you try to plan it. <laughs> Did that kill the parasite? No, it didn't. The parasite can go dormant, and it can fucking suspend for quite a while, and it just waits for its moment, you know? I had a girl, my first fairy princess in recovery, Wendy, a very incredible lady. After 21 years, she went out. She had written books on codependency. She's a big market uh, advertising lady, had tons of sponsees. Started drinking, didn't tell anyone at first. You know, probably thought AA was gonna be the same, which it was, but she wasn't. Yeah, the fucking obsession was there and the craving kicked back in. She went in and out for eight years, eight years. Eight freaking years. And even when they had the memorial, she killed herself, overdose on pills, drinking. When they had the, the memorial, I knew them, because I went, her family, her sisters and her mother and father, and they were all happy it was fucking over. They was all fucking happy it was over. This is what can happen, yeah? Something takes you over, uses you for transportation, and in this world, everyone's gonna call that thing you. The judges, the therapists are, the fucking social workers are, your family is, yes? There's a possibility of being free from that bondage. And what happens is, let's say the volume that's low on the higher power gets increased, and the volume that's high on this parasite gets decreased. Basically, silence actually gets louder than the yapping, to tell you the truth. That sense of pause becomes very pronounced in you, and you start before thought. You start before thought, yeah? You see the thoughts that you used to look from before. You see them, you see them. Sometimes they move you into behavior, usually very small behaviors, you can make amends quickly. Most of the time, they can't tug you out of that pause, yeah? You have a freedom from the bondage of self. Based on the contingency of your maintenance condition, your spirit's condition, and if you are spirit, you're maintaining it by being spirit, yes? There's no fucking work or exercise or isometrics. You're just awake, yeah? You're awake to being conscious. It goes a long way. The smallest little change at the beginning is, has a huge effect on the whole fucking chain, yeah? The smallest little possibility here geometrically progressive throughout your life. Trying to change everything way down the pike does little to change the attitude and outlook. But that, right there, can change your attitude and outlook. Yeah, as this. And then this travels lighter. And then, instead of having to do so much service, you realize you're of service. Yeah? You realize, if I'm present, which I am, and I'm available, which I am, I'm of service. Then I do service, then I don't do service, but now you're on 24-7 call. If I'm with someone, I'm fucking with them, yeah? Not by I'm trying to be with you. There's nowhere else I can possibly be. Yeah. 
So non-duality to me, oh, is such a beautiful, it's like that which illuminates everything else. It's not a path to illumination, but it's that which illuminates any understanding you could ever get introduced to. The non-duality is what illuminates it. The non-duality is a statement of fact that we're not two, that we're not subject-object, that the body is not the thinker, the body is not the feeler, the body is not the taster, the body is not the toucher, yeah? That there isn't subject-object, all there is is subjectivity. All there is is awareness in a way. And in a sense, you could picture all this as a dreaming in a way, yeah? And if it seems as real as real can be, it's because we believe it to be. But its length of time is quite short. You're going to live 90 years. Yeah, maybe 100 years. And every night you get a daily reprieve when you go to sleep. Yeah, and if we're that important, I can't believe we can be out of the game one third of the day. <laughs> and everything keeps on going on. We're asleep for eight fucking hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it doesn't really need us whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, I can go on and on. I wanted to introduce, do you hear what I'm saying at least? Yeah, sure. And then the videos are there to support this premise because we're in a, like a dry current. You ever been in the ocean where there's a current pulling you this way or that way or that way? Well, we're in a current here. The mental state is in a current. One of its main drives is time, yeah? So we're up against, a, 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 like, it's like a current of contraction. Yes, 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 yes. So this, the possibility can be repeated over and over and over again, but the target is exactly the same target. The message, like, this is important to me. There's a great, again, Hoang Po, he says some, let's say if Hoang Po was here and he was sitting with a lot of people and uh, let's say there's Bill, Mary, Steve, and Sue. And so Hoang Po would look at Bill, Mary, Steve, and Sue, but he wouldn't just see Bill, Mary, Steve, and Sue. He would see the Buddha, let's say, yes? And he would say to Bill, Mary, Steve, and Sue, AKA the Buddha, hey Buddha, yes? You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha, yeah? Now, if Steve, Mary, Bill, and Sue thinks, thinks they're hearing the message, that's not the target. Hoang Po was talking to the Buddha, all of us, yeah? And it was attempting to say to the Buddha, hey Buddha, you can't use yourself to find yourself, yeah? And then he goes, you can't use mind to find mind. You can't use light to find light. So why is it implying we are light? We are big M mind, we are the Buddha, yes? The Buddha, a.k.a. Steve, cannot use itself to find itself. So my belief is, I think you can study what you're not. Like it says in AA, self-knowledge avails you nothing, but knowledge of self is very valuable. If you can acquire knowledge of self, if you can see all that you think is about you as not you, that knowledge goes somewhere, yes? So this isn't about trying to find out, study, experience, and know what I am as what I'm not, but to know what I'm not from what I am, yeah? So right where we're sitting, there's what we are, timeless, always available at all times, and then there's the appearance of what we're not, 
being taken to be what we are, yes? So this is very clear. We don't want to waste any more time talking to what we're not about what we are. We want to talk to the aspect of what you are about what you're not, yeah? You see? So when this message is going out, I'm not talking to you. I'm trying to throw it to what we are. Yeah? And as an AA says, you're going to have a new employer, employer being all powerful. It's going to take care of you. Well, when I was young, I went to Catholic school and they would say these three attributes of the Godhead. And every week, God is omnipresent, which means it's always here omniscient, all-knowing, and omnipotent. So God is everywhere. So the first requirement is met. You can't be far from it, right? It says you got to be close to him. This is the whole deal in AA. You have a new employer, employer that's going to take care of you if you stay close to it. You can't be far from everywhere. Can you? So that requirement's met. And it says, and to perform its works well, which is being available. And if that's what your nature is, of presence and availability, you're of service. The requirements are already met. So you're taken care of. So let's act like we're taken care of. The third step isn't something that comes after the incident or the event, it's before the incident in the event. It does, does no, I don't like thy will be done. I believe there's an observation of thy will is done. Yeah? I've observed thy will is done for years. I don't have to hope for thy will be done. I know the God thy will is done. Let's move on. Get established. Like it says, you sincerely take the position. How many years can, can you sincerely take it? You move to being established in the condition. The condition of what? Of the reliance on something greater than self. And that which is saying you're not in that condition isn't you. Just recognize the parasite talks to you as you. See it. It's not you. You have never been moved by anything it ever said. It moves itself by what it says. You've never moved. <laughs> You never move. It's never left one bit of a blemish on what we are. All our heinous acts haven't left a mark on it. You're the one that's playing judge, jury, and God. And there's no degrees in shit. So if your trouble is you don't have $500 to pay your rent, and then you think, well, I'm losing $500,000, they're not different. Yeah. As the Course in Miracles says, there's no degrees in miracles or illusion. It's either an illusion or it isn't. And miracles, miracles. And I don't fucking, we don't have miracles in AA. We rely on miracles. <laughs> that's the basis of AA, is the relying on something that's not seen. It's not in our banking account. It's not in the forecast in the papers. We just know that we're taken care of. And I've heard so many people, and after they share with me, I just basically say, you're fucked, bro. And you know what? A few weeks later, they're not. Yeah? A few weeks later, they're not. And instead of going right at it, you know, you bitch for an hour, and the person goes, go to a meeting, and you can't make the contact. What do you mean? I got to get a job. I got to find a place to say, go to a meeting. Yeah? 
it doesn't follow the logic of the parasite. That's the beauty of it. So, yeah. This place, this house gets me going. I'm juiced up here. Yeah. You feel it. That's the juice of it, yeah? This isn't an intellectual point of view. It's intimate. You sense the presence. Without that, it's like an understanding. It needs to be all-terrain vehicle. You need to have something that doesn't fail you when you most need it. You need to have be established in a condition that's before attitudes and outlooks and fucking whims and feelings and how the wind's blowing and shit like that. We need to find some stability and it's where we're at. We are that stability. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's get in, ask questions, whatever. And if you want me to talk about anything, I'm more than happy to, you know, take advantage of it. That's why we put out the, the videos. We just want, repetition is helpful. Yeah, yes. Can you uh, illuminate um, the notion of uh, the Tibetan saying that you talk about? The, the sky concept. yes yes well obviously they well, I don't know what they were implying the way I take it is the sky is representing a quality of mind big mind yeah so the sky is a big empty space that a lot of shit appears in yes but in fact if you look at everything that appears in the sky none of that which appears in the sky affects the sky does it does the sky ever close its skyness after a num too many clouds enter? You know, and if you really look at the beauty that happens in the sky, you know, we don't get the same sunset every day. It's fucking unbelievable. It's like a painter that its, it's canvas is always moving. It's unbelievable. It just blows my mind. So here's the sky. So let's say, you know, an airplane's flying through the sky. It never calls the tower and says it ran into a big chunk of sky, yeah? You could have 365 days of 4th of July explosions, nothing rips open the sky, yeah? So every, everything is allowed to appear in it, but none of it affects it. It's sort of like the screen in a movie, yeah? So the screen is probably the cheapest uh, investment the movie theater makes probably only needs one screen the whole time it can show thousands of movies a melodrama the screen doesn't get wet yeah fucking Arnie Schwarzenegger no fucking thing breaks through the screen the screen allows everything to appear in it yet it's not affected by it that's a quality they're attempting to imply or insinuate with these examples they're attempting to talk to you, not you, but to what you are and to remind what you are of its own nature. Yeah? So we can, look, we can use that concept to look at the bondage of self as, as, as that which uh, essentially is our, the sky. We're, essentially, we're, we're not affected by, by... Exactly. But see, you don't use it because that would be what you're not trying to use it. It will download and it will appear through you. 
and you'll know the tree by its effects. What I feel we more are are expressions and we are observation. I can observe things. Yeah, I can observe months later usually that things are changing. Yeah, and you'll know the tree by its fruit. If you start traveling lighter, you're onto something. Just entertain the possibilities. Entertain doesn't mean think about them. You're just there. Yeah. Yes. Do you have anything to say about pain? I hope you don't have any. I don't have much, I don't have any pain now, so I'm not gonna have nothing to say about it. You want me to talk about the power of it? Yeah, anything. Of course, pain is one of the greatest convinces that we're a body, yeah? And the pain, when the pain gets identified, it turns into suffering. Yeah, so the pain is happening. The mental state identifies as the one who has the pain and now you're in another realm of suffering. So now the pain, which is probably bad enough right now, but now the head says it's gonna be like this forever, you're apt to kill yourself that night. Yes, you see? So the pain is the greatest convincer that we're a body. Because how could something that isn't true have such an effect, yes? It's the mental state's ace in its deck, yeah? But really, the pain is just a sensation. It's really the suffering that makes it fucking unbearable, yeah? And that's a mental add-on. Watch it, you can see, you can see when the pain, there's the pain, and when the pain suddenly turns into suffering, yeah? It's usually, you, you, you'll see the ingredient of time being injected into the claiming, yeah? So now it's Paul who has the pain, and then Paul says, oh, I've had this pain for such a long fucking time, and then it says, and I'm gonna have this pain for a real long time. You're almost apt to do anything then, if you believe in that, yes? Yes, there's pain here. But I'm more interested in the suffering. I mean, I got run over twice. I was in extrema. You can't believe what it's like. My legs were up in traction for 37 days, both legs. I couldn't move for months. And I used to be a side sleeper. I was just laying there. I couldn't even move my head for months in like a three by seven foot world. Yeah. I was broken down so many times. I hit so many times where you know when you hit a thing and you just can't take anymore? I, and then it just keeps coming? That's what it was like, yeah, for months. And it's affected me the rest of my life as a physicality. That one night, January 30th, 1980, has affected me for 40 years, every day, all this, yeah? Now I saw some people in the same ward I was in with very severe accidents, orthopedic, mostly legs. And I saw a lot of us all took it differently. Some people became addicts. Some people became alcoholics. Some people killed themselves. Other people, they used it as a platform to doing great service for others in the same condition. Yes? We override circumstances and situations. Don't you forget it, eh? We override circumstances and situations.
Yes. Well, see, um, you know, and, and, and being well aware of the, of the idea of bondage of self and feeling that bondage of self. And, you know, what I was drawn to most is the idea that self <clears throat> can't free self. But what was your experience that, that, or what pain or what process shifted that awareness that, that you weren't self, that you were trying to get out of? I was and, describing and, it when that night. It had already occurred, but then I found a way of saying it <laughs> from the big book. You know? But how did you know it occurred? Oh, because I recognized it in the sentence I read. I recognized I had seen I'm not that. Yes? I had read that many, many thousands of times in maybe the act of being identified as self. Then I saw it not in that act of being identified as self. And the whole world changed, and that statement changed my whole program. Mm -hmm. And then, if I wanted to be a, you know, I should have not said anything, <laughs> become a circus speaker in AA, yeah. but I fucking had to open my mouth and uh, <laughs> ran into a lot of resistance to this idea. But no, it was undeniable to me, that's all, or as me. And then I just pass, try to pass it on, because I see, like it says, you know, and hey, let me just share this thing. I want to be clear about certain ideas. It says we manufacture our own misery. I don't believe that. I think we're identified with the parasite, and it's using our facilities to manufacture misery. I do not believe we manufacture our own misery. Something is using the factory that can manufacture misery, to manufacture it. But that same factory can be manufactured joy. That same factory can manufacture peace and serenity. It doesn't have just one fucking uh, line of product. That's the parasite. The parasite's theme is contraction, yes? There's an opposite movement of expansion. So I don't believe we manufacture our misery. I believe something's taken our facility over and manufactured misery through it. Now, if you surrender to the higher power, the higher power, you use the same facility, yes? You've seen it, and now that which you called a worthless life will be put to great use helping other people. It will turn the same conveyor belt, the same product line, this, it's like the same wheat and the nuts are there, but the fucking, the power that's running the show turn, makes the product, yes? So I'm not a believer in we manufacture our misery. I'm not a believer in you have to have it to give it away. I, I believe if you're willing to give it away, you have it. I don't believe alcohol is cunning, baffling, and whatever it is, it's alcoholism. Alcohol doesn't fucking have any, it's innate. It doesn't have anything going on. We give it the meaning it has. Well, did you tell me the one about the camera on the tripod on the hill? On the hill? You mean the two cameras? The brownie one? No, the entity is flying and it looks through the camera and becomes convinced it is the camera. Yes, it's the bigger camera, little camera. All right, I'll give you, you all right? You, you, yeah, everyone, anyone has to go? I'll give you one more story. It's just ways of attempting. Let's just say we're in a world, okay? And the world, I'll t give you two stories. Let's say we're in a world, and there was only one sense in the world. 
and that was feeling, okay? And let's say in that world they have a scripture of like the highest level that you'd run into, which be the, would be the feeling of a thousand rose petals, yes? So that would be the nirvana. And let's just say the hand somehow put it, was put into a glove, and when it was put into the glove, it started to identify as the glove, yes? So here's the hand feeling different surfaces, yes? Right. And it can feel the nature of the surface, but now it has a glove that's rough. Yeah? So everything the glove feels, everything the hand feels through the glove feels rough. Yeah? Even when it arrives at the thousand petals, when it feels the petals, they feel rough because nothing is getting through. The, the glove is interpreting anything from its own roughness. So here's the hand, and suddenly, all right, it's really getting flipped out about living as a glove but it doesn't know it's identified as the glove. So now it tries to get out of the glove as the glove. <laughs> yeah, which makes it even worse. Okay, so no, the, how we're changing the message is we're not talking to the glove, right? About the hand, we're talking to the hand about the glove. Yeah, you're not of glove. As Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. So you're seemingly in the glove, but you're not of the glove. You're of hand. Yeah, so here the story of the camera is just like this. Let's say I, you're young, but when I was younger, they had these cameras called brownie cameras, which were like a little square rectangle. They were about $10. They had a plastic lens, and basically you just pointed and hoped, you know, you couldn't even see to take a picture. So there's the brownie, and then there's this incredible 360-degree Super Nikon mobile tripod, and it's walking around. It sees the brownie camera, and it's curious. So it looks through the brownie camera, and in the looking through the brownie camera, it forgets, seemingly forgets it's the camera, yeah? Now it's taking itself to be the brownie camera. So it's not seeing much and it has vague memories of being able to see everything in HD and it's not seeing much, nothing's making any sense. So now it wants to get the, it wants to become better as the brownie camera. So it starts buying like thousand dollar Nikon lenses <laughs> and putting it on the brownie camera. But the first lens is the plastic lens. It doesn't matter if it's a $30,000 lens <laughs> the plastic lens is going to influence that which comes after, yes? So here it goes. So now it's in a dilemma. It's working day and night to get out of the brownie as the brownie. So what happens? It doesn't get another fucking way of getting out of the brownie. Someone says, hey, maybe you're not the brownie. <laughs> so now suddenly the, it, the message gets through to the camera, not through to, not the brownie doesn't capture the message, it gets to the big camera, the big camera says, I'm not the brownie. It doesn't have to be torn apart or torn asunder, it just moves back. Yes, that's it, that's the whole point. So many of us have been trying to get out of the brownie as the brownie, trying to get out of self as self, using the Buddha to seek the Buddha, yes? As St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for, and we're like this. We don't realize he's speaking to what we are. What's looking is what we're looking for. It doesn't say who's looking. We think it's Paul, Jim, and Mary. What's looking? Yeah? We're just trying to trigger the same feeling, because that's how it worked for me. 
suddenly everything went like this. And I felt like the horse was in front of the cart for fucking once. And I hadn't, I couldn't, as soon as I felt it, I knew it, but I had never remembered it when the cart was in front of the horse. I never could, re I never remembered it. Soon as it was moved, I saw it, you know? And it hasn't, it's never changed. This, is, this became the last answer. I've never looked for another answer. This needed a way of life. I have a way of life, AA. See? And if you're like me, you need a way of life. A weekend isn't going to do it. Because you know what? Your feelings and conditions are going to change in a few days. And those peak experiences will be forgotten. You need a way of life and a set of principles. And AA provides that. So for 31 years, this action figure, I'm not burning down houses, you know? I'm not trying to <laughs> just fucking, you know, go into thrift stores and drinking lattes. There's no, I don't need a lot of observation anymore. When I needed to be highly observant, I wasn't. And now that I don't need to be highly observant, you're going over every little thing. That's all obsession with self. You gotta enjoy fucking sobriety. It's like, it's freedom from the bondage of self. It's not like managing the bondage of self. It's freedom from the bondage of self. Yeah. So how are you gonna be free of the influence of the thoughts if you still take yourself to be the thinker of them? It's not gonna work. You've gotta see you're not the owner of the thoughts, then you'll lose interest in them. Yeah? Yes. So. So yeah, so there's the camera, there's the thing. And just for AA, I'll tell you the old Poopa Scoopa story. It's my favorite one. Because <laughs> I used to, oh, this is where Zen Bitch Slap came from. Was trying to get it through alcoholics. You need talking about whack, you know. I've gotten a lot of trouble with that title, but Zen Bitch Slap. But here, the Poopa Scooper. Yeah, so here's a guy, he has a beautiful house and he has a great lawn. We should do golden oldies. Great lawn. And he has a lot of like, he rents it out for weddings and he has lawn bowling tournaments and he likes to run around with no shoes on in the morning dew and he makes angels and everything. And he loves it. So his life has a lot to do with it. And then one day he jumps off the porch and he lands in some shit. Yeah. So he has to make it, he has to, he already gets downsized by he's got to wear shoes now. And then he's walking around his property and it smells like everything. He's finding shit everywhere. You know what I mean? So he goes inside, just closes the shades and tries to think about it. And then three hours later he goes back out and there's even more shit. So what he does is he just pulls the shades down and he just doesn't go out anymore. And he gets pictures of like Kentucky bluegrass and he's just looking at lawns and movies and videos. And then he hears a lot of people having the same problem. Their beautiful lawns have a lot of shit and they can't get rid of the shit fast enough. So he decides he reads about pooper scoopers. So he gets one pooper scooper and then he gets two and he's pretty good. And he, if he's so fast, he can get about three by seven foot piece of turf for a couple hours. And the people start hearing about it and they ask him <coughs> to speak at meetings. He becomes a circuit speaker and he starts putting out his own autograph models of Koopa Scoopas and he's got videos, tutorials, and he's really good. He's going all around speaking and he's got 500 Poopa Scoopas in his garage and his leather jacket with his name on it. And he's like this. And so a guy comes over to his house and he says, I, I heard you had a problem. He goes, no, I don't have a problem. I've got it all managed. And the guy goes, well, find the dog. 
Now you would think you would go right for that fucking solution. That's a damn good solution. If you take the dog away, there won't be any shit. Yeah, but the thing is, now the guy's invested with his solution. He's got 500 pooper scoopers in the garage. He's got a couple, he's got a fucking tons of talks around the country. He doesn't want the solution. His head doesn't, yeah? Because he's invested in his solution. Check it out. And it's going to be difficult to get rid of the dog if you think you're the dog. You're going you're gonna to put off getting rid of the dog for a long fucking god time if you're identified as the dog. And I'm saying humbly, you're identified as the dog. <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm so stoked you can't believe it. You know what freedom is like? It's always available at all times. There's no requirement necessary. Except if you make them up. And you know what a lot has to do? You know what spiritual practices really do? They show you that they have failed. And in that, they're successful. Yeah? You're trying to arrive at where you already are will fail miserably. And then you'll realize you are that which you're looking for. You will. Yeah. Now it can take a lot of time or a short amount of time, but it's going to inevitably happen because you can't get away from it. You are that. Yeah. I mean, you are that. You're, you are. You can't understand what you are. You can't know what you are. You can't experience what you are. All you can do is be what you are, really. You can understand what you're not, which I hope, hopefully tonight will help. You can experience what you're not. You're doing it all day. You can know what you're not. And in knowing what you're not, you'll see I'm not that. And there'll be a loss of interest in all that supporting that idea. You'll all lose interest in the thoughts. You'll lose interest in yesterday and tomorrow. Yeah. You'll lose interest in the memories of yesterday and tomorrow. And what will happen? You'll find yourself readily available right now. Yeah. Any questions, sir? I've had this before when I was interrogated when I was young. Where were you on the night of? That's right. We want to. We want you to introduce someone we know to some of your friends. No, we're not doing that. Yes. Yeah. You know what you describe about the irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Yeah. I'm interested in in the long journey that, that you've had, and probably everyone here, obviously. Um, I'm interested in the youth because, it, you know, when you go through the fourth step in uh, recovery, yeah. right, in that inventory process, and I notice the factory being built, like in education, and we're always saying, what are you going to be? What are you going to be? What are you going to be? And the kid takes it on. Yes. And um, I'm wondering uh, what your comments on youth and being able to Hey, you know, we have a statement in AA up where I live. It says, listen, if someone's ready, you can't say anything wrong. If someone's not ready, you can't say anything right. Everybody has their own seat assignment. Yeah. And if people put, took bets on me, none of them would have said I would make it. But I made it, seemingly. Yeah. So who am I to keep people from their bottoms? 
really. It may be the best thing that ever happens to them. Seriously, yeah? So, yeah. Of course, there was a great psychiatrist called Wilhelm Reich, Reich who wrote a book called The Murder of Christ in the 40s or 50s. And his big thing was about the educational system because it's killing the Christ mind in, in kids, yeah? The education. We're killing it in a way. It, you can't kill it, but what happens is it's somehow uh, diminished and something gets amplified, the head, yes? And so he said he, he believed it would take a few generations if we change the educational system. But, you know, I see this place as dreaming, really. I really do. I believe it's just very similar to what happens at night. Yeah? When you when you seem to be in dreaming. Yeah? I think it's just, it's just, see, we don't have a day to wake up to it, this one. So we're in the awake dream. And we don't have a day, it's sort of way, you know what I mean? At night, there's a day that arises, you arise, and so you see it as a dream. But if you stayed in it, you would think it was real. Yeah? Just like you, you were when you were in it. Yes? If it would have extended, it would have been reality. This just seems to be, we think we know what dreaming is, but we're in dreaming now. Yeah. And we're the dreaming. We're not an object in the dream. We're the dreaming. You are what you're looking for, literally. Yeah. What is the higher power? If you really look at it, you know when you come into recovery and you get the idea of a higher power and then when good stuff starts happening, you're giving it over. Yeah, you're saying, I had nothing to do with it. Yes, and there's a lot of gratitude and it's a really nice attitude. I would like to see it applied to the lower power that we were taking over when we were using. Because usually we're still identified as being doing all that shit. We're not giving it credit where it deserves. That thing moved through me and produced the consequences that I suffered from, yes? Why can't I use the same ability of realizing something's doing for me what I can't do for myself and apply it to before you got sober? Because something was doing through you what you wouldn't do for yourself. I don't see why we can't apply that and recognize there was a, see like the third step, it says turning one's will and life over to care of a higher power. It, that's already happened. We had, our life had been turned over. Yes, see you guys. Our life had been turned over to the care of a lower power. Really, hasn't it? When we were out there, our life and will had been turned over to the care of a lower power. I don't see we're recognizing that. I think we're taking credit for all the shit that happened there, and we have the ability to not take credit for all the good that happens now. I would like to see it applied to t not taking so much credit for all the shit that happened under the disease. Yeah? I mean, we have the ability, we're demonstrating it in gratitude and, yes, now, why can't we apply it to the past? I see too many people harvesting guilt and shame from what they did under the influence, but they were apt to do almost anything under the influence. They didn't really have a choice, did they? But yet, the, the mental states harvest a lot of guilt and shame from that behavior. I think there's a whole opening that could bring a lot of relief, yeah, from the past. If we could see that something took us over, just like we've surrendered to something, something took us over. It wasn't a surrender, 
it took us over like in a hostile manner. Yeah, we're doing it in a different manner to the higher power, but some power took us over in a hostile manner, didn't it? Fuck. Being ridden by this parasite is not a nice ride. Yeah, if you're doing cocaine for 10 days, most of that time sucks. <laughs> really, you get the rushes, but the rest sucks. After the first hit. Yeah, you just get the rush, but most of the time in those 10 days isn't fun. You're chewing your teeth, you know, your gum, you know, fuck. Making sure your bank Yes, the payoff cost ratio is off, <laughs> terribly yeah. off. You get one payoff and you pay a huge cost. That's the fucking religion of the lower power. What do you think about the idea of, um, of like, we're not, uh, our alcoholism isn't, isn't our fault, but we take responsibility for it? We take, we're accountable for it. Yes, I'm a believer in that. I don't like the word responsibility. I, be, I don't like accountability. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see... Uh, did you remember when... Uh, do you remember when you'd be on a run or something and then near the end you'd be on the rug looking for imaginary things, lint that looked like cocaine and you would try to shoot it up? I once, me and my friend once went to a three-day heavy metal thing not to see the show but to meet a guy over a pedestrian bridge thinking we were buying opium. Yeah, We drove back to our place, me and him shot it up and we are trying to talk ourselves into thinking, oh, is it coming on? Yeah, I think it's coming on. And my girlfriend comes in the room and says, man, it smells like incense in here. Yeah, so we're thinking, what? And so we shot it up again. Yeah, we shot incense up. Even after we knew it was incense, we still shot it up with the hope that there was some fucking opium in there. <laughs> Look at where the shit took us. That wasn't about us. Yeah. We were used for transportation. If something can't express but can express through us, that's the, that's the definition of a parasite. It needs us to go to the store. It can't drink alcohol, but it sure likes it. So it needs us, so what does it do? Just like any other parasite, it convinces the host through the brain that it's the host and now you adopt its agenda as your agenda and you live for as and by the parasite and if you're lucky it ends yeah before you end in other words you don't die and yet the takeover gets suspended and so now you can have a life a day at a time free from the influence of the parasite it's still dormantly possible and there and available, yet it has no access to you because you have an immunity to where it resides, which is in the thought system. You're not listening to it with such interest as you did before. So it needs, it wants to compel an action. A thought just appearing in your head isn't enough for it. It, you, it wants you to do it or say it or fucking act out because there it can tattoo you with consequences. Yeah? Just like if I have a gal and I maybe think I hate her, you know? 
but I never say it to her or anyone else. And then one night it blurts out, I hate you. Yeah. Now I go out, get drunk, I forget about it, but she hasn't. And she's called all our friends and they haven't. And now for years, she keeps reminding me, remember the night you said you hated me, you see? It came out, it got out. Yeah, I want immunity to the thought system. Yes, it can't fucking really fuck with you up here. It wants to compel an action and then there'll be consequences. And then those consequences can tattoo you for 40 years. Yeah. Yes? The night I got run over, it was over. It was a freezing Sunday night, freezing cold in Baldwin, Long Island. I lived in Rockville Center, Long Island. I went to a bar, nobody was there. Bartender I knew, the waitress. He gave me some cooks. Grand Meunier had a, gave me a quaalude, went back to my sister's house, should have been over. The irritable restlessness, discontentment kicked in. The head started advertising, there may be a big party erupting back there. I'm gonna miss out on something, which I was, getting run over by a Chevy Monte Carlo. I was hoping it was a woman, something. I drove back there, drove back, freezing cold, and I heard later on, there were still only two people in that bar. And I never made it across the street. I got run over by a drunk driver. He ran me over, didn't know what he hit, so he backed up, and he backed up over me. Yeah? I came to, not knowing what the fuck happened. I was horizontal. My nose looked huge. You know, by, you know, looking this way. My mouth was super fucking dry. I never felt it so dry. And then I saw my sister-in-law appear in the doorway and by the look in her face I knew I was fucked and then slowly the facts of what happened started to appear. I was laid up in a hospital, 10 compound fractures, broken shoulder, broken hip, lacerated stomach, cut wide open. I was completely fucked and there was still only two people at that bar. Yeah, <laughs> Unbelievable. How many more years did you drink after that one? I, dr I drank and used, as soon as I started to get better, the, I, the head recreated the same Paul as before. Now I'm selling coke on crutches at clubs. <laughs> it, took eight, it took eight more years. Two years in a program, Delancey Street, 85 to 87. That didn't work. Graduated with flying colors, went back out for 10 months. Finally, I washed up in a trailer in uh, Calistoga. I went out in San Francisco. Two days later, I was two, two hours north in a trailer park, sitting with a guy I didn't know, drinking a bottle of Royal Gate vodka. And I looked at him and he had a big head, bulbous nose, varicose veins. And I said to myself, this guy's a bum. And lo and behold, he was seeing me as a bum. And right at that moment, something happened. The head was paused and some downloads came. And it was just like a CNN newsflash, just a headline. And the headline was, I'm fucked. Now I've been fucked for quite a while, but you know, when it really amidst the innermost self, it went to that, in wherever that is, it's not in the head. And as soon as that, think there was a, a line underneath it uh, and I'm not managerial quality yeah now that has never come up for review it's not debated every year yeah 
It's just, it became an absolute. I was convinced of that fact and it's never changed in 31 years. And if I was new, what I'd pray for is the ability to be convinced. I didn't know I had it, but I have it. I was convinced of the fact of the disease I'm under and we are outmatched completely. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if this is the right format to bring this up, but in my in my recovery, um, I've experienced. Um, I have a daughter that's a heroin addict, and uh, heavily into disease. And, and that experience, you know, working my program and learning so much, and 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 yet this is an experience that has caused suffering that I that I that I couldn't even describe, and has compelled me to really to dig deeper than I've ever dug into the possibility of not identifying with the pain and the suffering, uh, the identifying that my thoughts are real and my responsibility that, I, that I'm accountable, not accountable for it, but I'm responsible for it, that, that I can't accept it. Stay, that's where you meet the power, right there. Right at that pause. Something will do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Yeah? We're outmatched. How, how, you can, how can you make something that's unbearable, unbearable? I mean, bearable. You can't. Yeah? Well, the furthest I've gotten is... Uh, the idea of the acceptance, not that's just admitting. Yeah. Uh, and um, the acceptance of um, my, not my part in it. And, uh, the powerlessness and the trust or um, you know I can apply principles in my own life don't think it this is effective uh, affect me in areas that I've never experienced and you know the word hopelessness comes up helplessness comes up uh, lack of trust <coughs> And, and and going back in the self, you know, like needing to needing to, to, to do something. And there's nothing to do. Well, you can help others who are willing to be helped in the spirit of helping you. And it's all I do. I yes. Do, um, Take it easy, my friend. Yes. Being certain that it's your higher power that's giving you the orders. Yes, yeah, sure. But the thing is, everything is going to be put to use. 
Yeah, everything. There's a beautiful statement in a book called The Course of Miracles. And it says, you know, you and I are the dreaming of the dream. Yeah? And we're going to dream ourselves out of the dream. And as we do, the dream's going to get happier. So in a way, as all of these action figures, that's exactly what's happening. So we have surrendered our will and life over to the care of a higher power. And that higher power is taking the same material that the mental state took to enslave us and it's using the same exact material of what we take in every day to free us. It's all about what's collating everything and we're under the influence of a higher power that has different qualities it would like to express to us than the parasite. Yeah? And you don't know, maybe what's going to happen to your daughter is going to be useful to others when she gets sober. You know? I mean, my mother, all she wanted was for me to get sober since I was young. I have so many St. Jude and St. Christopher medals for lost souls. I got those little prayers. She had the congregation praying for me. And you know what? I was sober two years when she passed away. I was sober two years. It was an incredible. You know, I'm a real believer in the game's not over. Yes, your daughter may learn what she needs to learn from all this fucking turmoil, and it's going to be put to use for her helping other people. That's my feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. I really believe it. Hmm. I really believe it. That's how I've seen it. I have seen... When I came in, I thought the last years of my life, there was no value in them whatsoever. I was like a parasite. I was living off of people, not producing any good. And yet, then I came into AA, and AA is the middle person to the greatest recycling, because all that material that I saw no value in pr produced tons of value in the availability of me to other people who suffered mind-boggling yeah I couldn't even ever even thought that script was gonna play out yet it has so remember there's something going on here that our myopic vision can't catch the whole breadth and width of it and there's where the faith lies in the process trust the process yeah you said faith I think that's where our healing too happens is, is when our hearts get changed and the condition gets changed to where it's more important to, to heal our, our, our friends and acquaintances than it is to, you know, to have some of the luxuries that we used to have or, or the privacy or whatever we, you know, our, our little self-world encapsulates us into thinking, you know. I, I think I get the most peace and serenity when, when I do selfless acts for, for others. Yeah. There's no, there's no kickbacks. <laughs> or I don't have a fantastic story to tell somebody. Yeah. And that's really hard to do for me. Man, as an action figure, I don't know. Where AA has a lot of grace through it. There's a lot of grace. 
a tradition too, I think, is that loving God expressing itself through our group conscience. That's definitely going on. I've been involved with a lot of spiritual groups. There's a certain grace that runs through AA that's very, very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, why not? You know, I'm better directed than directing. Yeah. I'm better led than leading. I have come to realize that a power can do for me what I can't do for myself. And most of the years I've been sober, I've just expanded on what I can't do for myself, really. And, uh, yeah, I really, truly believe we're in good hands, to tell you the truth. And no matter how it looks or what you think about it, if you can sort of see you're not that, which having making all those statements and just rest a little in that pause, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when I was in the, you know, hospital, they told me, unbidden, they'd give me a lot of forecasts about my life, yes? They would tell me some terrible shit, like I'm never gonna walk again, you're gonna come here quite a lot, thank God, I didn't see them as the final authority. I had a belief in something then, yeah. And I just had an assurance that if something kept me alive, it was gonna do something through me, and it has, so, yeah. The faith, I'm, a, I'm gonna riff a little more. Faith is really important. It talks about faith in, do we have an AA book here? If you haven't, I'm gonna, it's, on, it's in uh, We Agnostics. This is really interesting point. You don't mind, do you? Yeah, you're right. If you have it, it's great. Let me get it. Yes, I have an idea of faith that uh, I can see it. Here it is. Here. He talks about faith. Yeah, we have Gnostics. which one it is. All right. I may not be able to find it. Well, I can paraphrase it. He talks about the idea of faith and what role it's played in our lives. Here, Paul. A certain sort of faith? Yeah. Yeah, if you can find it. It's a really, I have a really, uh, my idea of faith is that it's a force of mind now, yeah? So when someone says they don't have any faith, there's faith before that. Yeah? When someone's there is telling me they don't have any faith, there's faith in that. Yeah? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, no, you know what I mean? Someone says, oh, I don't have any faith. There's a faith in that. Faith is there. It's in We Agnostics. Yeah, it's the bottom of the page somewhere. And he goes into it, and he basically says where we've ended up is all based on faith. Yeah? yeah? And as Jesus would imply, as you believe, so it is. Yes? As you thinketh, da-da-da. It's the faith in the thoughts that produces the effects, not the thoughts. Yeah? Mm -hmm. The faith in the thoughts. When there's a belief in a thought, a thought can ruin your day. Yeah? But it's the, it's the belief in it. That's our role. It's at the bottom there? Cool. So, 
this is he's talking about what happens but he goes but that was natural but let us think a little more closely without knowing it without knowing it had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith we've had faith in the failed system we have been in we have trusted the finite self or had faith in the finite self yeah so without knowing it had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith for did not for did we not believe in our own reasoning yeah the problem resides in the mind yes did we not have confidence in our ability to think confidence trust it's all faith yes what was that but a but a sort of faith let's recognize what's happening yes we had been faithful abjectly faithful to the god of reason we've been believing the thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow haven't we when we sat there saying i'm gonna be fucked then we go get fucked up we believe in a forecast so to preempt it we get fucked up already what was that but a sort of faith yet yes we had been faithful abjectly faithful abjectly that means devoted to the god of reason so in one way or another we discovered that faith had been involved all the time faith is involved all the time all the time doesn't mean all the time in 1935 it means all the time faith that's our role here that's the power yeah if i have faith in the failed system of thought what does it produce anxiety where does the anxiety derive from yesterday and tomorrow so i am making fucking i am producing the, the seeming physical effects of fear by mental anxiety i'm thinking something's gonna happen next week and i feel like it's happening now that's based on faith how could last next week have an effect if there's no next week where the effect where the faith where the faith that makes mountains out of molehills where the faith we're the faith that allows next week to override tonight. We're the faith. Not Paul. What we are. What we are is faith. This whole event, this whole reality, the shades, the rug is based on faith. The whole stock market is based on faith. If enough people lose faith, the stock market will collapse. They'll have a huge economic fucking Armageddon. It's all based on faith. Yeah. Now, know what happens? The faith is going to manufacture in the vehicle it's put in. So if the faith is in the failed system, yes, it's going to manufacture mental anxieties. You're going to be completely influenced by what's not happening. You're going to be here, but yesterday and tomorrow are going to override being here. Yeah? You're going to be so chock full of yesterday and tomorrow, you won't even be here. You'll be in a mental here, which is based on yesterday and tomorrow. All, all predicated, all predicated, all based on faith faith 
Perhaps there's a better way. Having faith or trusting something infinite, which is not thoughts, instead of something finite, which is presented by thoughts. We can't move the faith. Let the program move the faith from the failed system to a working system. The faith is there. It's going to be there in the failed. It's there in the working. Everything's predicated on that. Yes? It's like your, your factory is going to either manufacture misery or it's going to manufacture peace, serenity, joy, presence, service. It's going to manufacture something here. Yeah? Knowing the power that's there and how it's being wielded and what's directing it and having had enough of that, Let's freaking surrender, tell the truth about the exact nature of the freaking wrong, so that perhaps the better way can become established. Yeah? So we can be of use to ourselves and others without strenuous thought or effort, just being here. Being here is enough. Being here is enough. It's the most influential thing, is just being here. And it's all based on faith. And we are faith. When you say you don't have faith, you have faith in that. You can't get away from the idea of being faith. What's holding up the dreaming and making it seem real? Faith. Faith that the body's real and the pain is real allows suffering to go on and on and on and on and on. All faith. Admit, this is a giant resource. You can't manage it. You can't direct it. Allow something that can manage it and direct it to do so. Have a way of life. Get yourself under the principles of that way of life. If the problem resides in the mind, you don't want the mind to have anything to do with your solution. So take the suggestions and the actions in the early days so that they become habits, which are actions without thoughts. So I don't think about going to a meeting. I think about which one. I'm in the habit of going to meetings. I'm in the habit of saying hello to newcomers. I'm in the habit of trying to sit in the front and paying attention to everyone who's talking. I don't care if I agree or don't agree. They get the attention. Yeah? And you know what? That fucking, that orbit that seemed to be so thick. There's so many holes. My attention, attention, my interest has escaped this fucking orbit so many times. We are incredibly powerful. We're the dreaming of the dreaming. We're not something in a dream. We're the dreaming of it. We're the giving of meaning to everything. That's our role. You know, there used to be that old saying, we're not afraid of being, of, of, of having it all, everything fucked. We're afraid of being big. We're afraid of, like, when... When do you enjoy your recovery? That's part of recovery is to enjoy it. That's probably one of the greatest functions of it is to enjoy recovery. Not to be in the business of recovering all the time, but to enjoy recovery. The momentum is already there. You don't have to fucking push it.
Yes? I'm so stoked about it, man, because I'm a slacker at heart. I don't fucking want to work hard. I don't maintain shit that doesn't even last for an hour. You know, I don't want to meditate 13 hours and get like a half of hour piece back. It seems like a bad deal. I want to be what I've been looking for my whole life. And I want it to be established and always available at all times with no requirement necessary. There you can rest. There you can abide. There you can relax. Yeah. And maybe you'll surprise yourself. Maybe that unloving, unlovable person will love someone and be loved by them. Who knows? You'll have so many surprises. Yeah. Remember when we were sober, when we were in San Francisco, we would, our sponsor would have us write, what do you wish for in your first year of sobriety? And we'd write down, you know, maybe a job, maybe a girlfriend and everything. And if you stayed sober for a year, they'd bring out the paper and you'd see how much you shortchanged yourself. So much had been given to you that year. You couldn't believe it. You could never even imagine it from that little hole you were living in. That's what it's like, yes? You don't need to think big. The possibilities are huge. You don't have to go there by thinking, and you're not going to coax them in by thinking. It's before thinking, and you are before thinking. That's where possibilities reside, before thinking. A possibility claimed by the thinking is, I will be okay, or I was once okay. It's not available now. It's like a possibility in the future, in the past. That's not a possibility. That's slavery. Yes. Thinking can't imagine what it is. No, it can't. It's a limited system. Very limited. It's a failed system. It's a faith. Hmm? It's faith. It's faith, bro. Your faith is a... The, ment the parasite has, is using your natural resource to promote its own goods. That's what it's doing. It's... It's using the God juice and playing God with it. <laughs> That's what it's doing. It's using the juice of God that it has been, it's, it's laid on, and now it's playing God with God's juice. And we're at the effect of it. That's how mind-boggling it is. It kind of sounds counterfeit. Hmm? It kind of sounds counterfeit. It's completely counterfeit because then you think, all right, I've got to quit playing God, and that's playing God. It just keeps fucking reasserting itself all and all the time you know you, you're being you're given a spirit's condition and now you think you've got to manage a spirit's condition then it's like i've seen people drive themselves crazy with the word enlightenment they would have been much better off they never heard the fucking word uh, i uh, yeah well just if you're in, just keep this this will be up soon we just keep putting them up the talks, yeah? My job's done, basically. When I pass away, there'll be plenty of me here. <laughs> I did it. I've done all I can do. I did. I've put this in persistently for years into the program. We'll see and uh, just see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, that's it. Yeah, everyone. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We have another meeting at Nexus Recovery tomorrow night. Nice building in Culver City. You should come there. It's going to be good.
And then we have books. I've got one, I think I only have one book on the 12 steps, but it might, we have the newest book out and an older book, and I have tons of Zen bitch slap shirts, men and women. What? I'm waiting for volume two. I know, volume two will be coming. Yeah, so if you're interested, the books are 15, the shirts are 20. If you buy a combo book and shirt, it'll be 30. There you go. Such a deal. Huh? It is a good deal. Hey, honey, send me one of the shirts. We do these designs. We like them. Yeah. Yeah, let me show okay. you. Okay. Here you go. This Don't is a wood. Arm without it. This is it. Ah. Nice, eh? Yeah, I like it, eh? Yes. There you go. All right, so hey, you want to end with a prayer? Serenity prayer? Let's do it. Yes. Nice to meet you, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. We're all part and parcel. Hey, Isabel, grab this hand, will you? You can lay down. So you don't know. There we go. All right, so uh, we'll do the Wii version of the Serenity Prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back, it works. That's what we do. Yes? So, if you ever need another venue in the rough vicinity of Nexus, that guy said that uh, he would like to Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, he asked me to talk to him. Do you know him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right.